1: Of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft, football writer, blogger, and podcast host for you again today.
2: Hi, I'm Jake. You can get me on Twitter at Jake Jappin with two ends, and I write for EPL Index.
1: Right then, Jake, great to have you with us. Uh, I know you didn't appear on the last show, uh, but first things first, what I'd like to do actually is uh, not come to results roundup from the weekend. Um, is just go back a week or so, and I want to quickly mention the Aston Villa five, Nottingham Forest five uh, fixture because often on this uh, podcast we we talk about game of the season, and only a few weeks ago we had the Norwich four three versus Millwall as one of the potential games of the season. Um, what's your say on that game, mate? The five all draw. Have you have you got anything to add?
2: Yeah, it was a crazy game, wasn't it? I think. Everybody would have had that one down as Villa being the the winner at home against Forest. I and Forrest have been mm. good recently. But you know, Villa have got the new manager and they've been doing they do really well. And it just it just seemed to be one of those games that had everything because you had you had four goals in the first fifteen minutes, two goals, yep. two goals each team. You had Tammy Abraham scoring four. You had an excellent goal from Joe Lolly potential goal of the season, uh, candidate, you had a red card, you had you had 10 men coming back from behind, you had Villa, the home team, coming back from behind, it had, it had nearly everything you wanted in a game. Uh, it did. Uh, and, and the fact that neither team won, I think, really just adds to it, because I think if either one of those teams would have lost, they would have felt unfortunate. I know if you look at the stats, Villa dominated possession, they had 26 shots to uh, force eight, so you you can make an argument that Villa can feel very hard done by to be to concede mm-hmm. five goals out of that, but it's just the magic of football and sometimes these games happen and it was great to watch and, and it, you know you get, do get these games where it seems like everything is going to go in the back of the net uh, and you know the time was uh, and, and you can have it where there could be four goals in the first 20 minutes and that could be it so I, I think it was a great advert for the championship possibly not for defending but the, the, <laughs> the, the individual talent on show you thought two players really stood out for me and that would be Tammy Abraham obviously four goals you can't can not not say he, st- he didn't stand out and then Joe Lolly with a goal and four assists you know not going to get much better yeah. than that, are you? And he's a player that's really... He's, he's been around the leagues for a bit with Huddersfield and now with Forrest. And he's always been a good player, but he seems to have taken his game to a new level this season. Uh, and I've seen a lot of Premier League clubs have been linked. I know my, my own club, Newcastle, have been linked with him, so it be interesting to see how he goes for the for the next month ahead of the January window because if he keeps performing like that, Premier League clubs will be, be coming in for him because he, he's English, he's at a good age, he, he's really performing, and sometimes you just have to get that. You know, sometimes it, all it takes is that one half a season to get that jump to the Premier League. because It didn't quite work out for him at Huddersfield, but he's clearly got some talent and he's really done well this year. But yeah, I think he he was probably the standout player for me in that game. Um, easy to focus on Tammy Abraham and he, he obviously deserves a mention, but I think Joe Lawley that he was he was excellent and without him Forest probably would have been rather easily beaten I think in this game so he was a massive difference maker
1: yeah definitely i think joe lolly's probably been one of the player players of the season for me if not the player he scored some fantastic goals and obviously not not just in that game either um if if i have to push you to say that is this the game of the season for me it is i think it does overtake the the other games we've mentioned on the previous podcast, do you now think that this is the game of the season and it potentially won't be beaten?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it had everything. Like I said, early goals, yeah. you had the red card, you had one player scoring four, um, you had you know t- a team of 10 men come back from behind when they'd been leading pretty much the whole match. It had everything. So I think, yeah, def- definitely for me, at-, at this point, game of the season, it's going to be a tough one to beat.
1: Yeah, hundred percent for me. Also, it certainly had everything like you mentioned there. And um, if we move obviously to the to the weekend after that, and we're going to do results round up from the weekend, um, and obviously the biggest win and surprise. Do you want to just, if you don't mind, Jake, uh, want to take us from all the results from the weekend, starting with Saturday?
2: Yeah. So so starting with Saturday, we had Leeds and and Sheffield United in the early kickoff, and Leeds got a, a really. Big win away from home there uh, in, in the early game of the championship. So that was a huge one. Uh, Norwich coming from behind against Rotherham at home to to win 3-1 and to go back at the top of the table. Nottingham Forest beating Ipswich 2-0 um, to really build on that 5-5 result. It was important that they got back to winning ways and they did that. QPR lost at home to Hull 3-2. Reading drew at home to Stoke 2-all. Birmingham won 3-0. Blackburn uh, beat Sheffield Wednesday. York Club Louis 4-2. Mm-hmm. Bolton and Wigan played out a one all draw Derby beat Swansea at home 2-1 and I think that was an important win for Frank Lampard because they'd sort of been a, a bit rocky recently and getting that big win yeah. at home against a relegate team was huge uh, Aston Villa again like like Nottingham Forest returning to winning ways of a really, really impressive 3-0 win away to Middlesbrough. Yep. And then yesterday you obviously had Bristol City and Millwall playing out a one all draw. And I think the one eye-catching thing about the weekend's results is was a lot of goals. You know, a lot of goals. You've only got four clean sheets out of the whole division, which which just shows, you know, what, this, what the championship is at the moment. It's just so many competitive teams going in and bringing out so many good games. And I think, you know, some of these games this season are being ignored like Reading and Stoke to all that's a, that must, that mm. is a great game Hull yeah. going to QPR winning 3-2 is a, a very very good game but the fact that there's so many good games in the championship this season they've just, they're just been overlooked and not really um, talked about so I think we're going to get into a few of them now so what 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 result really catches your eye Louis out of these?
1: well i 've picked out three actually, and, and before I mention them, it is interesting that you said that there was only four clean sheets and, and One of the things I did do was try and pick out a goalkeeper to have him as you know one of the players of the weeks, what what kept a clean sheet, and I've not managed to do that because it was kind of the strikers this weekend what took all the plaudits, to be honest. Um, but another thing that I wanted to mention there, like you said, the, the uh, Stoke and Reading game, which finished 2 all Mo Barrow's goal there with a, the instant side foot into the bottom corner was a fantastic finish. Uh, but what I'll do is I'll pick out one game that I thought stood out, and it might, might come out as a surprise because I've picked three in total, but I'll save the most important one to to last in my house but Hull City's victory actually away to QPR and um, that was an absolutely huge win for them obviously Hull City were pretty well in the relegation zone but, but prior to the game um, and obviously they went to Reading they've overtaken them on points now uh Jared Bowen obviously with a brace in that game and I just thought that was a, a huge game for them uh, is there any other game you'd like to pick out Jake
2: yeah for me I think it's got to be uh The Derby game, I I quickly picked up on it. Um, They're a team that I've been keeping a close eye on. I think many have been because of the Frank Lampard link. Um, And I think that was a huge win at home against Swansea, who... Although they haven't been great recently, under Graham Porter they have been pulling out some good results with a young squad and, and it wasn't an easy game for Derby, but Harry Wilson stood out it was just two yeah. great goals again. You could yeah. run a goal of the season competition with just his goals this season, he's been remarkable uh, and I know you spoke about him a lot at the start of the season, Louis, saying that he, he could be the stand-up player of the division I think he's slowly, slowly grown into that role. Um, Definitely, yeah. You know They've got a lot of talent in that team, and it's interesting to see how Lampard has been managing that squad, but Wilson now is really emerging as a star, uh, and that was a huge win for them to really put them back in uh, promotion contention, because even though they've dropped slightly out of the playoffs in seventh position, they're still only six points off the lead, and if yeah. they wouldn't have won at the weekend, they would have been cut adrift out of that top six, so I think it was crucial that they did get that win. Um, yeah, I think that for them. What are your views on Derby, Louis? I'd be interested to take those. Because I always think they're a good team, but they're just so inconsistent.
1: I would just, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say, in great team on the day, uh, but inconsistent. And you only have to look at the form guide for that. Drew one, won one, lost one, won one, lost one, won one. And at home, I believe that, yes, they can beat anyone on the day. But then, the, you know, the, the surprise fixture where obviously Aston Villa went there and, and seemed to... Even though all the goals were in the sec half, second half, only a few weeks ago went and won three 0 So yes, I think slowly but surely, um, Derby. Uh, you know, we mentioned it before on the podcast. are struggling to keep clean sheets, but they're still racking up points. So I can see them staying around. You know, six, seven, four. Maybe another few months, but as time progresses, I think that they will get stronger. And you know, I, I still expect them to finish in the playoffs. Would you expect them to finish in the playoffs this season as well?
2: Yeah, I think I think they will. I, I just remember that run of I think it was three games, wasn't it? Against uh, I think it was Middlesbrough, West Brom, and some Sheffield United, wasn't it? Sheffield United, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. They, yeah. Those they were really impressive in those games, and, mm. and and I they've you know gone off the boil a bit. Bit recently, but was a huge win to get them back to win in ways ahead of, ahead of the festive period. So I thought that was huge, uh, and the way they performed against Man United as well and Chelsea, you know, they they can really pull out big performances. And it's it's very early to say this, but they do seem like a team that would do well in the playoffs. Like I I feel like this, this I get group of players, yet. they've got match winners all over the pitch, and I think they would be good in a playoff situation. So like, if they did finish in the top six, I would really be. Tipping them for promotion, I don't think they they've got the the top two credentials yet. I think it's a lot of young players in that team, and Lampard still learning his game. Um, but yeah, in a playoff situation, I'd really back them. So if they did finish in that top six, I, and and I agree with you, I think they will. They mm-hmm. they could really be a threat in, in you know in those in those final games.
1: Yeah, they've definitely got the potential to even go up this season via the playoffs. Uh, if I were to pick another game actually from the weekend, that was a big win was obviously Leeds victory at Sheffield United. Tough game, uh, maybe a draw would have been a fair result. However, Hernandez is, is, has had a great few weeks and I, and I know he punished Sheffield United uh, via the mistake from uh, the keeper in goal there and on another day then, you know, Leeds wouldn't have scored. But Leeds are just, we, we keep saying it, they just seem to be finding form at the right time and games like that away to Sheffield United, even though they had an element of luck with the goal, uh, that is a huge win for them. But the biggest win and the biggest surprise for me, I'm sure you'll agree, Jake, is for me uh, Aston's Aston Villa's 3-0 victory away to Middlesbrough. I always said on this podcast that Middlesbrough would probably only lose two games at home all season and they'd finished top two. Uh, but Middlesbrough so far, they've already done it. They've, they've lost two games at home this season uh, courtesy of Aston Villa's um, win there at the weekend, and not only that, uh, Middlesbrough doubled their conceded tally this season via that game also. So they'd only conceded three games, uh, three goals at home this season, Middlesbrough, and now that's been doubled to six due to Aston Villa's goals there. And not only that, Tammy Abraham's find find the net again um, this week, and and that's obviously five goals in two games for him, which seems crazy. Um, but yes, that's that's the game, the win and surprise of, of the weekend for me. W- would you agree with that one?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think Villa have got goals in them, and it seems Dean Smith is really bringing in what mm-hmm. what he did at Brentford. Now we're going to come on to that a bit later, uh, talking about those two clubs. Because I thought it was the players at Brentford, but maybe I was underestimated Dean Smith, and he he's really bringing a good good style of play at Villa, uh, and it's obviously a great time to be a Villa fan again after you know the what they've gone through the last few years. I know they got to the playoffs last year, but it was never really convincing or, or great to watch. And it seems to be turning. But yeah, it, I was surprised because one thing that you can guarantee Middlesbrough to be under Tony Pooley is solid, solid, uh, not giving much away, especially at home. And, and to concede three goals, that's going to be a massive dent to their confidence, especially when West Brom seem to be, put. you know, back to winning ways you got Leeds and, and Norwich flying Nottingham Forest slowly chugging away uh and Derby and and Villa coming up as well you know there's a lot of teams coming up and it seems like Middlesbrough on a slight downward downward spiral haven't been losing many games but you wouldn't expect that for for a Tony Pulis team but they've they've only won two of their last six so you know mm, it's, yeah. it's not great for them and drawing against Preston and an injury hit Preston the last game um there's just yeah there's, there's a lot to worry about uh at the moment for Villa um, for Middlesbrough, I think um, Tony Piers is obviously the right man for it. If there's any, you'd still want him at the helm. I think he's still they're still going to be tough to beat, but they just need. I, I don't know if if he's been a little bit too conservative and 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 maybe this this defeat could be a blessing in disguise and sort of making making him change his style a little bit and and just just a wake up call maybe.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Actually, saying a blessing in disguise because they still have only lost three games all season, and and losing to Villa, you know, is is it's not the worst thing in the world. Villa at the minute are probably one of the form teams. I think the second in in the form guide actually, obviously since Dean Smith's arrival. So we will come on to that. But yes, I did predict a. Uh, I believe on the podcast a one-one draw in that game. Uh, so for them to win three-nil was a huge surprise for me. Uh, we're going to move on to player of the week, uh, which is going to be a difficult topic actually because there's plenty of players to choose from this time. Um, but any standout players for you this weekend, Jake, in particular? Oh, uh, I think if if we go for the week,
2: as well, I always got, be, I think it's got to be Tammy Abraham, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Being yeah. involved in two massive games for Villa, one he got four goals in, the other he's got a goal in, he seems to really be finding his feet again after what was it, a disappointing loan spell at Swansea, I'm not sure the style of play really suited him there uh, and he's playing in a struggling team and he's now come back down to the Championship and he's scoring a lot of goals again and at his age I think it's too early to, to pigeonhole him as a Championship player, I just think he's still at a massive club, it, it's a step up from what he was at, at Bristol City so you can see it as a positive step. Arguably, Villa a bigger club than Swansea as well. So I, th- I think he's really, you know, finding his feet again, growing in confidence, and, and hopefully if he keeps this up, he can, he can, you know, target the Premier League again next season, perhaps with a, a, a different team, um, somebody that will play to his strengths more. If Villa went up, it would be great to see him stay there in the Premier League. Um He's, he does have everything with Son Ford. He's got he's quick. He's he's mobile. He holds up the ball well. He's he's got good of his feet. He's a good finisher. He he, he just has everything. Uh, yeah. And he's still only twenty one years old. So he I think for me he looks to be the player that could really grow in the second half of the season. And it it would surprise me if he didn't finish as top goal scorer. I, I know he's himself. He scored five in a week. Mm. Uh, he's not. There's a lot of players up there. Um, but for me, I think he is the He's just the stand up player in terms of goals. Um he's currently got eleven, so he's three behind Lewis Graben, who's leading the leading the way. Um, yeah. but for me I think Tammy Abraham is, is gonna quickly quickly overtake Graben and, and just fly. He's got he's only played a uh, one thousand one hundred and sixty six minutes, got eleven goals, so he's averaging about a goal every every hundred minutes and, and mm-hmm. I think that's gonna come down a lot under under Dean Smith. He seems to he seems to have got the best out of him. So yeah, for me he's gotta be the stand up player of the week.
1: Yeah, he's got huge potential and you know the form is on at the minute. It can only be good for England as well because I'm I'm tipping obviously a player like Abraham to be in the England setup probably in the next 2 to 3 years and uh, maybe not quite yet. I know he needs to prove himself at Premier League level like like you've just kind of touched on there Jake and you know when that does come because I'm sure it will. Uh, he just needs to like say prove himself there. Maybe grab ten goals or something in his in his first season, and I'm, I'm sure he'd be in and around the uh, the England setup. Either He's already got
2: an England he's got an England cap,
1: hasn't he already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did get one. He's got two, he's I been... think. Looking at his Wikipedia, oh, feed, really? he's got two okay. caps. So I, there we I go. Did, that's, that is something I did not realise. Um, I know he's been in obviously in and around the other twenty ones for a while, uh, but actually getting two caps for England that's something I was unaware of. But, actually, but that really does honest. play
2: into your point a bit more because I think he's definitely going to be a player that Gareth Southgate will know and will be keeping. Yeah. Yeah. eye on so I think uh, it wouldn't even surprise me if he got a call-up from the Championship get Selfgate has shown that he'd done that with Mason Mount I don't think England have got a, a lot point. Yeah. Of, of strikers so yeah it could, could see him get in the England squad maybe maybe sooner rather than later
1: yeah definitely and another player that I were going to mention obviously with, within the week itself is obviously Joe Lolly which we've, we've kind of touched upon so I'm going to mention some other names actually um but, <laughs> bit of a pain for me, but Danny Graham obviously got a hat-trick for Blackburn against Sheffield Wednesday. There was an element element of luck with a couple of those goals. He's got Bradley Dank, to Frank there when two of his shots came off the post and practically fell in both occasions to Danny Graham but he was there to obviously score the goals and like I say he managed to score three goals in that game so obviously he had a fantastic Saturday afternoon uh, Harry Wilson another one for me we've already kind of touched him in, but he got a brace against Swansea City but I won't mention that as we've touched upon it um, Louis Grabben obviously and another two goals for Grabben finds himself obviously top scorer in the league now um, could have had a hat trick as well. He managed to hit the crossbar late on, and you know, it's a shame in many ways that that didn't go in because I, I don't believe he's ever scored actually a hat trick at uh, championship level. Um, and then I've already mentioned his name, but again, Jared Bowen, a brace for um, Hull City versus QPR. So, yes, definitely some. It's, it was a striker's weekend, basically. Like you mentioned, Jake, all, plenty of goals scored and, and all these players scoring braces and hat-tricks. Um, it's it's hard to pick out one player, but as you mentioned, with with five goals in total over the last couple of games, probably Tamma, Tammy Haber and Pips that there. Is there any other players or, or are you happy with those? Yeah, I'm
2: happy with the ones you've discussed. I think um, Graham was one for me as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I mentioned Joe Lawley and Harry Wilson earlier, so those are the ones that have really caught my eye this week
1: cool um let's move topics then Jake uh like you touched upon earlier we mentioned Dean Smith and Aston Villa with the current form they're on etc and and the the different playing style that they've got now has dean smith made aston villa automatic promotion contenders i'm not talking playoffs i'm actually talking can they get to first or second in this league what you, what's your thoughts on that
2: yeah it's an interesting one i think that given the nature of the league this season uh You can say absolutely they can, only nine points, uh, they absolutely can get there. But also on the flip side, there have been different teams, been flavours of the month at different times. Um, Yeah. Yeah, will they keep it up? It's difficult. We we've spoke about West Brom, Middlesbrough possibly running away with the league, but they both suffered hits after that, so yeah, I... I'd, it would surprise me if Aston really got as high as the top two. I just think the competitive nature of the league, uh, they will go through dips. Other teams will come come forward. It, it's difficult. Uh, they can certainly have ambitions to do it. We've certainly got uh-huh. the players to do it. Um, and although I was praising Dean Smith earlier, still question marks about whether he can maintain it because it's one thing, you know, doing really well for four or five games. It's another thing to do that over the course of half a season, three quarters of a season. Um, so it would be interesting. Um the nature, of, given the league, the season, it's definitely possible, but I would just be a little bit cautious of tipping any one team to go on and 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 be promoted, even at this point. Even though it's currently in the top two, it's just so competitive, and different teams come, you know, do well at different times. It, it's so difficult, um, and I think for Villa, another another thing I would say about Villa is that the squad depth. I am not sure they've quite got that. Um, they've got a lot of good, very very good first first eleven players. But you look up beneath that on their bench at the weekend, you know, Codger, very good player, Hogan, and then you come to Whelan, um, who's a right but he's never gonna be a great championship dominate championship games at the top of the league. Yeah. Jedinak, a, once a very, very good player, but I'm not sure he is yet. And then Bun, O'Hare, Revan, you know, they I'm not sure they have a lot of a lot of a lot, a lot of depth. You know, if if Abraham gets injured, if, if Grealish gets injured, Horahan... You know, James Chester, especially at the back as well. I know they're very, very short defensive options. I'm still not convinced of them as, as a as a squad that could go on and dominate the league. Um, and I think it's going to be an opportunity for Dean Smith to spend in January because I think that squad definitely needs additions if they are going to push for promotion, let alone in the top two. So, interesting. They've, they've got potential, but I'd be, I'd be cautious.
1: Yeah, I can see why you're quite reserved there. And I don't think, if I'm honest, that any team's going to run away with... Um the league this season. Um, I know obviously Norwich are trying the best too and they're doing really well but I just I still think you know come come the last few games of this season that there will probably be only f- four or five points in it at the top and you know not many at all and, and there will be a dark horse there always is in this league that not even potentially a dark horse, but someone who goes on a fine run of form and and, and gets into the playoffs or even does finish second. It it always happens in this league. He has done for about three years running now. And the reason I ask this question is simply because, obviously, under Dean Smith now, they're going through a transformation. There's all that confidence is back, the energy is back. And yes, if a couple of players do get injured, key players, then they might, you know, take it a dip in form or you know lose a couple of points where they should be winning games but like i say they're unbeaten in five games now they've won four of those the second in the form table they've scored 12 goals in the last three games and not only that i think it's there's still 78 points to play for in this league which seems crazy when you put that into perspective and they're only eight points off leads in second so on current form since Dean Smith's arrival, I could say yes, there is the potential, like you said, Jake, for them to finish second, let's say, um, or certainly push for first and second. But like you say, it only takes a little blip or a minor blip with injuries, suspensions, and and it is coming now to the. I, I feel the toughest time in the season: December, January, February, where it's real testing, winter months. Uh, and I'm sure you'd agree with that. That's you know, if you can come, if you can come out of if you can get to February the first and you're f- sitting first and second in the table, then you've you've got a very very good chance of going up. So again, time will tell with this one, but I still do expect Aston Villa to re- to be a, a certain force in this league um, from now and you know in, into the remainder of the season. But if I, if I were to flip this question, Jake, obviously we've talked about Dean Smith arriving at Aston Villa. Let's touch on Brentford. So to continue this question a little bit, should Brentford now, though, be fearful of falling into the relegation zone? What's what's your thoughts on those uh, on Brentford at the minute?
2: I think I think you've got to be fearful. Um, the thing with Brentford, I think they've got a very, very good squad. They produce good numbers. Uh, I know people that inter-expected goals and things like that um, touch it in the box. They did very well on their stats. But they've mm. been doing that for years, and there's just been something lacking. Um and I think since the managerial change is really been evident, you know they've conceded three against Preston, conceded three against QPR, conceded three against Sheffield United. They're not very good at the back. They concede a lot of a lot of high quality chances, at, at, um, at, you know, which again they they create a lot, but they also concede a lot of those big chances. Um, they've got a few really really good players, but they are young as well. Um, Neil mopay we, we've talked about him on this show before. He's very very good, um, but he's twenty two. Ollie Watkins twenty two. Um, Josh McEachern t- 20, uh, 25 um, Ben Rama 23 they've just got Sergi Kanos who plays a lot 21 just, it's just a young team and I think their inconsistency is obvious um, I think it was a massive blow to lose Dean Smith and at the time I thought it was a good opportunity for them to, to move on and maybe find a manager that could take them to the next level but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem that they've done that uh, and and they are struggling uh, and, and next two games they've got West Brom away, which is going to be tonight. So that'll be an interesting to see how that one goes. And then they've got Swansea at home, which is which is going to be a difficult game for them, uh, with a lot of pressure on them to win that game. Because if they lose that, uh, and if they lost against West, you know they really are falling into a difficult situation ahead of January. Uh, and if they are in that relegation fight, will their good players be looking to leave? I don't, I don't know. I, I think they'll definitely be takers for them. Dean Smith probably being one of them. Uh, Aston Villa, there's a few players in that Brentford squad that he'd, he'd like to bring to Yeah, the that's true. true. So yeah, I think I think the thing with Brentford is they're going to go through these cycles of, of being really, really good like they were uh, and then really, really bad. And, and I don't think they're going to go down. I think they've got too many good players for that. But they need to maybe look at how they do things and... and Maybe whether, um, if the way they appointed their manager uh, to replace Dean Smith was the right thing, uh, whether they need to to maybe, I know it's really great to have this stats-based approach, but maybe they need a few players in there with a bit more experience just to to help them through, because I think that's something they're lacking at the moment.
3: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Yeah, maybe. It's strange to see, obviously, Brentford, who've been fighting for the automatics over the last couple of years, to be down there and... Even though, like you say, yes, they have got to be fearful, they're only three points off the drop, um, and they've lost three in a row now, and that is as we record as well. Um, I still feel as though where they are in the league, which currently is 18th, that it is slight a false position. I think they are better than that, even though, they, like I say, the three points off the drop, they need to start winning games now, basically, um, and find themselves halfway up the league. But... I mentioned it's kind of a false position for them. And that's because, I mean, you only have to look at their goal goal difference. There's only Brentford and Swansea, actually, in the bottom half who've got a plus goal difference. Uh, Brentford have got a plus two. Players like you mentioned there, Maupey Watkins, nineteen goals between them. They're they're two fantastic players. I've I've been a keen admirer of Watkins for a couple of seasons now. And like you say, if they can hold on to those kind of players in January, like you said, Dean Smith may come lurking, uh, but they should be able to survive the drop. I I just like I say, three points off twenty. Well, three points off twenty third actually currently. Um, so, yeah, losing a couple of games, they could be right in the thick of it, but they've certainly got the players to survive, it's just whether they can build that confidence back up, and obviously, like I say, they're certainly, for me, a, a top-half team, it's just, um, they, they just seem to be struggling at the minute, and, you know, I suppose there's, there's many teams in and around there that, you know, should be doing better, like your Millwalls and your Prestons, Sheffield Wednesdays, all all should be definitely in the top half of the league in, in many respects. So yes, they should be okay, but they need to obviously change things from now, basically, and, and, and start gaining points as from now till Christmas, etc. Um But one the other thing we're going to talk about, Jake is, and it's quite difficult to choose one in particular, but we've got a few names we can mention. For you, who has been the best striker in the league so far? I know we've touched upon quite a few at the minute, but if you take it into perspective, the team they play for, and you know the amount of goals they've scored, etc., etc., who who stands out for you in, in in that regard?
2: It's a very very interesting question because I think there's a lot of good players in the league, mm. um, a lot of very good strikers. Um, I think with one, as it, a obviously spoken about Abraham, I don't think he's duck, done quite enough yet to, to warrant that tag although I think he's well on his way uh, I think Pucky at, at Norwich has come in and he's sort of come in very just under the radar there wasn't a lot written, yeah. written about him and, and he wasn't seen to be a player that could maybe take Norwich to a new level but he, he's definitely done that, he, he, he's just so good to watch he works hard, he's got a goal in him, uh, got 11 goals so far this season, he seems to Really added a lot to that, to that Norwich attack, so he needs to to be considered. I think a lot of his goals are, are important goals as well, so I think that mm. you have to take that into consideration. You've got uh, more pay. We spoke about him. I think, especially for the first ten games, he was incredible. And I think even though Brentford have started to decline, he continues to perform well. Uh, and if you're talking about, I think he's got more potential than any any other striker in the, in this league. Uh, maybe aside from from Abraham, but he's got a lot a lot of potential. Um, those two, for me, definitely deserve a mention. I think Dwight Gale, when he's been fit, has done very well at, at West Brom. Obviously, you, you know what you're going to get from Dwight Gale, but I think yeah, you do. his record in the Championship for three different clubs now has been remarkable for each of them. Uh, and it, I think he, If you're going to have a, a striker in this division, I think Dwight Gale's the one you want. Um, and if he stays fit over the second half of the season, I think West Brom are just going to go from strength to strength and and. and and really challenged for that top two, because he, he is incredible. So I, th- I think Pucky, for me, is definitely been the stand-up for what he's offered uh, overall, but I think you know there's a lot of good strikers, and, and we could be here all day talking about them, really.
1: OK, well, what I'm going to do, actually, is I'm going to list about six strikers, how many games they've played, the goals scored, assists. I know you've mentioned Pucky there as put your potential top one or the one in first position that you would choose as the player of the season so far. But I'll list them and see if you change your mind or pick out. I I want basically to pick one at at the end. So obviously Graben, Pukki and Abraham are probably the form strikers so far. Uh, But if obviously I mentioned Graben initially, he's got 14 goals, two assists from 16 games. Maupé's played 17 games, 13 goals, 6 assists, by the way, included in that. Uh, Abraham has played 14 games, 11 goals, 1 assist. Puki 17 games, 11 goals, 2 assists. I've got Billy Sharp in there as well because he's played 15 games and scored 10 goals. And then I've even got Lukas Jukovic with 20 games, 10 goals, 3 assists. Are you sticking with Puki or do you want to change your mind?
2: (laughs) I think for me, I've st- I'm sticking with him. But yeah. but I think it's purely because of where Norwich is. It really adds to why I, I'm valuing him as, as the best striker uh-huh. in the league. But more, it's difficult to ignore more pay. Like you've gone into there, his, his assist stats as well. Uh, and considering Brentford are uh, near the bottom of the league now, he's still producing really good numbers. So I think he is very, very, very good. But I just think the fact that Norwich are where they are in the league just adds to, to what... Pukki has offered and what he is now in the Championship
1: Yeah definitely, I can see why you've picked him because I'm going to pick, it's it's very difficult to choose but if I had to pick two, one of them would be Mopai based on his assists as well so like I said he scored 13 goals and got 6 assists so he's got so much contribution there but the one for me based on striker and striker alone I'm going to go for Pukki as well simply because he's new to this league, you know it takes usual. It usually takes time to adapt to a, a league like the Championship, and he's come through and he's, he's just setting it alight. And he seems to grab a goal every single game he he, uh, he plays in at the minute for Norwich. And like I say, he scored eleven goals, got two assists this season. So I think he just edges it for me, as well as the fact that Norwich find themselves first in the league and. A lot of contribution from him there. Uh, but that takes us nicely to previews and predictions, Jake. Uh, so I've got three key fixtures from next weekend. In fact, saying next weekend, the first one is actually on Friday night at an 8pm kickoff. Very difficult to choose this one, uh, but it's West Brom versus Aston Villa. Big game. What's your preview and prediction for that one?
2: It's going to be a, a massive game, isn't it, this one? Um, two teams that score a lot, a lot of goals, um, got a lot of good attacking options. Um, you're going to have Gale going up against Abraham, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great to watch um, mm. West Brom currently fourth and, and, and Aston Villa currently eighth so if, if we're talking about what we spoke about earlier of Aston Villa this is a game they really need to go and win I think if they're going to push yeah. for those top two they need to go to West Brom and win and I I just think that's going to be difficult, West Brom have recovered really well from their, their difficult run of games three wins on the bounce um, you know, I I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. Uh, I think it's—I could see it being a two or a three all. I think it's going to be a draw. Can't pick between them at this point, but I think there's going to be goals. I think it's not going to be a five-five because you know you'd be stupid to predict that. But it's definitely got got a chance to be a two-two or two, three-three. I definitely see that being goals.
1: You've took the words out of my mouth because I wrote down two-two, and I, it's simply because I think there'll be goals also, and. I just how do you call this one? You, you could see it going anyway and that's why I've gone for a score draw because West Brom at home, yes, there's goals in them, like you say, Dwight Gales, players like that, you know, West Brom could easily win this game. But then Villa, obviously, look at what they did to Middlesbrough. So again, would you expect them to on the form they're on, go to West Brom and win? Maybe and they get if if they do win, they've obviously got some reward because they'd find themselves right in the middle of the playoff spots there. So yes, I can certainly see why you Predicted a score draw like myself. So that should be a fan- fantastic game on Friday night at 8pm. But moving into Saturday, um, lower half of the table actually. So complete role reversal to the last game we've touched upon. But 3 o'clock kick-off, Millwall versus Hull City. What's your preview and prediction for that one?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to go for a whole win. I think Hull have been doing pretty well recently. One Only one loss in the last six. Got a really, really good win at the weekend uh, against QPR. Millwall haven't won in five, um, so yeah, it, the form it all points to a whole win. Uh, and even even the fact that it's at the Den doesn't really doesn't really make me fancy Millwall anymore because mm. Hull have been going away and doing really well, and I think it kind of plays to whole playing on the playing away from home now purely because their stadium just is empty and devoid of any sort of atmosphere. Purely yeah. yeah, because of the owner situation and everything, so I think Holly is going to go there and win. I, I really do, uh, and I don't. I don't think it's going to be enough to to get rid of Neil Harris, but I think he's, he's definitely going to be under fire if they lose this one, and I think they will. I think Hol going to go there and win. I think it's going to be a two-one hole.
1: Okay, Uh, we're replicating each other here, Jake, because I think Hull will win this one as well. And that's simply because I've backed on previous podcasts this last few weeks for Millwall to get a victory at home and they're just not producing. Um, I know, obviously, they, they lost to Birmingham recently and they drew, I think it was against Bolton when I predicted that they would win at home um but so yeah for the same reasons i'm going to predict a 1-0 victory for hull city there because hull seem to be finding a decent run of form they've only lost one game in about six or seven games now um so they're doing quite well so i'm going to predict 1-0 and then the next game um it might seem predictable but we've picked it as a key fixture due to um Well, they're both at opposite ends of the league, so it can have a a detrimental effect for both sides if they lose. So Norwich City at 3pm versus Bolton. What's your preview and prediction for this one, Jake?
2: Yeah, um, I can't see anything other than a Norwich win. They've just been so good recently. Uh, recovered from their slight hiccup uh, to draw in the week to to get the win over Rotherham, coming from behind in that one as well. I think that was a, a, a massive mental boost for the squad. Uh, even though Rotherham are near the bottom of the table, to come from behind in in any game is huge, and I think Norwich have got a habit of it at the moment. So yeah, they, it's they're they're not gonna they're not gonna lose at home to Bolton. They're not gonna drop points at home to Bolton. Bolton uh, are going one way, and that is that is down. So yeah, it's gonna be a home win and a. I don't think it's going to be a massive home win. I could see it being a two nil. I, I, I don't think it's going to be massive, but I think it's going to be a routine home win for Norwich. They're not going to have to get out of second gear, and, and they're going to get get the points and and extend their lead at the top of the table.
1: Same again. I've predicted again. You've you've took the words out of my mouth. Two nil. I've gone for Norwich. It it, it it may seem predictable, and you know Bolton really need to go there and, and and put up a fight. And you know I'm sure they'd be happy with with a point there, um, but. You know, Norwich have only lost four games all season. Bolton have lost 10. Um, Norwich actually have got a plus 13 goal difference, whereas Bolton have got a minus 13 goal difference. So, again, for that reason, I'm going to predict a 2-0 victory for Norwich. Uh, But with that, Jake, we're out of time. If you'd like to just tell our listeners where they can find you, now would be a good time. Yeah, you can get
2: me on Twitter at Jack with two ends. Uh, you can sometimes hear me on the Premier League show on this same channel talking about Newcastle, or you can get my writings on EPL Index.
1: And I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember to follow the show at ChampionshipPod, where we post each show to our pin tweet. Uh, please subscribe, like and retweet the show. Also, uh, we want to thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time.